Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Redefining Security podcast. Have you ever thought that we are selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Perhaps we are. So let's look at how we can organize a successful InfoSec program that integrates people, process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. iTrust is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at HighTrustAlliance.net. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. And here we are for another Redefining Cybersecurity episode here on ITSP Magazine. You're very welcome. I'm Sean Martin, your host. And uh, my co-founder was going to join me for this, but uh, he, he ran off the rails. Uh, but we, Marco and I have talked a lot about uh, maritime security and aerospace security and uh, autonomous car security. And we've, we've heard bits and pieces of rail security, or the lack thereof, over the years. But we've not had an episode about this topic yet. And uh, a, a request came through or a suggestion came through to talk about rail security. And I said... Let's do it. And uh, Amir Leventhal, thanks for joining. Thanks for putting that submission through and uh, excited to have this chat with you. Thank you very much, Sean. I'm excited as well to be here. Thank you for hosting me. Yeah, and I I suspect I'm going to learn a lot because I have a very dangerous view of what's involved in the railway system. Um, Very high level is that there's rail for cargo, rail for transport, and then there that, that might be nationwide in different countries. And then you have regional systems as well for subways and uh, other things like that. And some are sophisticated, some are not. I'm thinking the, the not ones being the, uh, the cable cars <laughs> in San Francisco, for example. Not too much technological uh, sophistication there, but others, I presume, are even more... Uh, sophisticated in ways we most of us can't think of. And I'm excited to get into all of this. Before we do, though, Amir, a bit about yourself, your role, and uh, why this topic? Sure. So uh, so my name is uh, Amir, as you mentioned. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Silus. Prior to that, uh, my background is from the Israeli military service. I served for 22 years in the main uh, technological unit, elite technolo- technological unit for, of the intelligence core in Israel. And I led the cybersecurity uh, team there. Um, 
so me and together with the, my co-founder and most of the people in the company came with vast experience in cybersecurity. Uh, and at Silos, we are doing uh, cybersecurity for the, only for the rail industry. And the reason why we chose this uh, topic uh, to, to deal with is that when I retired um, from the military service in uh, 2017, uh, uh, I, I spoke with uh, many people from uh, this industry and we experienced that this industry overgone a huge digitalization process uh, over the years and trends became autonomous. Um, and when we say autonomous in trends, you know, we, you mentioned before the uh, automotive industry, we all speak about uh, uh, this industry that it will, it will become autonomous in a few years. Uh, trends are already there. Uh, and the main difference between these systems is that on the, on the car, you can put some uh, sensors that can be effective in the uh, environment for uh, hundreds of meters uh, um, and, and all the decisions are being made by the car. In the rail industry, uh, it's not possible to do that because of the braking length of the trains. It's about one kilometer uh, or as, um, you know, translation to miles. <laughs> Uh, we speak. I'm from Israel, of yes, course. Yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, sensors are not relevant there. So the way to manage these trains is by using wireless communication and control them through the center. So the operational control center controls the, the trains, and uh, it's obvious uh, why it exposes the trains to a new attack surface. Uh, similar to that, also threat actors can use this uh, wireless communication and control the trains. Um, and you might ask yourself why um, why I don't know that most of the trains are now autonomous. And the reason for that is that the rail industry um, uh, was concerned about uh, the people to know that uh, that you know that the trains became autonomous because they're afraid they were afraid of that people want to use the trains. So it's not common knowledge, the trains, you know, even if there is a driver, sometimes he doesn't do anything and he's there only because of some other reasons of... Uh, um, he, he, they're there sure. to feed, feed the coal into the... Into the <laughs> <laughs> well, let's... let's uh, oh, so many places to go with this already. Um, uh, well, actually, I want to go back a second because... This is a slightly off topic, but I'm interested in this. Um, maybe yeah. to set the stage in your thought, because there are companies that build security solutions, and those solutions are very abstract, right? They 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 do something specific, but try to do it for everybody. And I've seen a movement to have ICS specific. Mm -hmm. uh, protections and then maybe uh, all the stuff that goes with it, risk and, and detection protection uh, mm -hmm. response capabilities uh, specific to ICS. And, and I'm wondering your, your position to take even more specific railways. It, and my question is why the value of being so specific, um, yeah. do we need more of that in, in the industry for other areas? And, and why is that? And my, my sense is that it's because there are, specific 
systems and communication uh, frameworks, and, and, and I'm, I'm not going to sound intelligent here, but things that are different in the railway world that separate it from uh, autonomous cars or from uh, aerospace and things like that. Yes. Okay, it's a great question. And then let's go back uh, 15, 20 years ago where uh, all the solutions were uh, like firewalls, uh, antiviruses, uh, unidirectional gateways, the, the regular IT uh, solutions uh, that were, um, these uh, security measures uh, fit all the IT environment. Uh, but then, uh, as you mentioned, there is the ICS environment, which is different from the IT environment because of many reasons, but part of uh, the important ones are, one, uh, these, uh, it uses different technologies uh, like uh, SCADA technologies and uh, other OT technologies that one can attack and, uh, and uh, it's not a regular uh, IT environment, so uh, with different uh, attack vectors and, and vulnerabilities. And the second thing, is that there are some uh, needs for uh, understanding in operations because in the IT environment, uh, the, the, the way to secure is whenever there is a new vulnerability that is found, you update the system uh, and you are secure. In OT environment, operational environment, you cannot do that because uh, the, the, in operations usually, if if um, uh, if everything works, don't touch. And uh, if there is a vulnerability, but nothing happened, so the the, the way of working is not to, to make updates. So there is a, um, a dilemma there of if you want to update or you want to continue operations. Usually, they continue the operations. So this is this narrow down narrow down the market of the IT cybersecurity into different OT uh, verticals uh, when, when, this is, when the market became more mature. Now, uh, in recent years, the market became more mature than that. And uh, technology, specific technologies in medical environment, automo uh, automotive environment, uh, started to uh, become vulnerable. Uh, attackers found vulnerabilities and started to attack those systems. And the next level of maturity needs, or the next level of uh, attack vectors needs to have the next level of uh, security measures. And these security measures are vertical specific. So uh, we, we uh, decided to do it in rail, but there are a lot of other verticals and, uh, and a lot of other technologies that are vertical specific and uh, should be protected. And it's, it's also, same here, it's different technologies. So the, tra the rail uh, technologies are, are totally different than other uh, ICS systems. Um, just as an example, uh, trains are a kind of moving uh, data center. So it's a data center that is moving between, uh, between stations and reconnect every station. So you need different technology for that, but there are also other reasons why the technology is different. And also the way of operations, the business logic of the 
of operation operating such a system is different so for example uh, safety is the top priority for rail so they have fail safe mechanism that uh, whenever something went uh, is going wrong the train will stop you need to um, in order to provide the best solution for this industry you need to to understand the business logic and to refer to that with your solution it's a long answer but i hope that it answers oh, well. that's, that's perfect and raises <laughs> many more questions for me. <laughs> um yeah just that whole visual of uh it's a data center moving between between stations because uh, when when we talked about maritime um the the view we got was there's this world of boats uh, some commercial some some uh non-commercial but they they're all kind of controlled through satellites and 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 yeah sat nav and and they there there are systems that define what's on the ship who's on the ship where it's headed what its objective is where it is at the moment and i'm wondering is, is there something similar for the the train systems and um, my my burning question is does it look different between cargo systems and and nationwide passenger systems versus yeah. like regional subway systems where some of those above ground ones you might ha you might leverage uh, sat nav technologies where the underground ones not going to help mm -hmm. too much probably so maybe I guess my question is can you paint a picture visually for us of the infrastructure that that kind of controls these trains what's on the train what's at the rails what's in the sky what's at the stations yes sure. Uh, I'll try to simplify that because it's it's really yeah, <laughs> these are really sophisticated uh, systems. So, uh, but let let's take uh, some examples. Uh, or, or let's talk about first about the principles and then about the, uh, I'll give some examples. Um, the principles are uh, that there is the infrastructure that control uh, the routes. Uh, so this is called the, the, the system called signaling and uh, the rolling stock that are going over the, the tracks. Uh, the signaling is being uh, controlled from the uh, control center. So there is usually per area or per zone uh, control center that control um, um, in this region could be a part of a country or a whole country if, if the country is small um, and control all the switches on the track or the point machine that move the, the train that can move the train from uh, one track to the other okay uh, so this is a, this is the signaling system and uh, it's being controlled by the center uh, the Traditionally, uh, the drivers uh, weren't responsible for the signaling. So they were responsible only to increase the speed, decrease the speed, or stop the train. And uh, the, uh, the route were, was decided by the center. Um, and uh, if you want to go from point A to point B, and there is a switch in between, uh, someone from the control center will make sure that the switch is on the right um, state 
for you to go from point N to point D and, and the driver is not involved there. Uh, when the, uh, the autonomous trains or the uh, remote control train, let's say, uh, started to be uh, presented, they, there started to be integration between the responsibility of the driver that increases speed, decreases speed, and stop the train, and the signaling system. So they were they became to be one entity, and as I mentioned before, it it started to be controlled from the center. So this is the basic. These are the basic principles. And, and quickly, so you mentioned earlier, and I'll let you continue with the with the visual diagram, mm -hmm. uh, but. But you said safety is the, the most important thing. I, I would imagine investment in this is also for operational efficiency. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They do they use it to. Uh, what are some of the other business objectives beyond okay. beyond safety? Beyond safety, yeah. So yeah, so safety is the top priority. Then efficiency and uh, or, or service availability. Let's say the, the trains will come on time and will be available. This is the second one that is uh, uh, in the import, uh, importance. Uh, and then there are other things that uh, when you speak about cybersecurity, so uh, keeping the brand and, and um, a passenger in, in terms, if it's passenger, so uh, passenger experience, so you know that uh, Wi-Fi and some other features for uh, the commuters to use. Uh, these, these are the main ones uh, in terms of priority yeah. for right. Interesting, yeah. The the comfort of the passenger. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because because uh, you know the competitive landscape. Uh, there are a lot of other modes of transportation, and and people in most or in most of the cases can have the ability to choose between, for example, even New York between New York and Washington. You can use a train. You can use an airplane. Uh, and usually you choose according to the ability to predict the time to be on time, but also in terms of comfort, uh, if it's comfortable or not. And uh, um, and you assume, I believe that you assume usually that trains are safe and uh, airplanes are also safe. You don't calculate that, but once there is, um, there is uh, an event in each of them, and unfortunately, we had a terrorist a terror event in MTA. But in, in any of them, it usually reduces the number of people in one mode of consultation and move them to the other mode of consultation. And this is the reason in, in inherently safety is super important, but also it impacts the business, uh, super uh, highly impact the, the business. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on some of that. Maybe some examples, uh, cyber-driven as well. Yeah, um, obviously the MTA one uh, that's recent in our minds. First yeah. thing that came to mind with the cameras was well, was was the camera this camera disablement uh, cyber issue? It doesn't doesn't appear to be based on my layman's uh, yeah. understanding, but uh, first thing that came to mind for sure. So back back to the. The yeah, visual diagram of the infrastructure. So yeah, you, you keep going. So there. we spoke. Yeah. So we spoke about signaling. We spoke about rolling stock. We spoke about the converge convergence between signaling and rolling stock over the years. Um, and now uh, there are the urban um, 
urban uh, metro systems are usually not always but usually each line is separate from the other line so if we speak for example about Eratepe in Paris it's the main metro in Paris in France um, you have 14 lines and they are separate one each other so there are not switches on the track uh, each one is in different level uh, underground most of them but in different levels so there are no switches between. this this is usually how metro is being implemented not necessarily in, in some other places it's not like that but most of the metros uh, look like that uh, the mainline system so this is passenger the mainline system usually is built with uh, switches and interlocking so so controlling those switches and the ability to move between one track to the to the other and then the system becomes more uh, complicated and this system is very similar to the freight or cargo as you mentioned uh, in terms of uh, way of managing that um, the business objectives sometimes are different but the way of managing is, is similar so for example just to give two examples maybe uh, yep. if you, you if if we speak about a freight line uh, that move goods that have uh, you know you, you you should use them or you should move them between point a to point b which could be hundreds of kilometers uh, up to 24 hours because afterwards it will uh, not be fresh or not be you know if it's uh, these are fruits or vegetables or or even um, meat uh, you need up to 24 hours so there is a, a business need uh, for a time time frame that uh, the, the good will be on the other side so this is the business um, uh, need uh, in uh, passenger uh, passenger it's more important that you'll be in every station on time in, in freight it's less important you know it's if, if you are five minutes before or after it's not so important in, in passenger important. so there are some differences in terms of how they manage the the line or what are the business uh, objectives but in terms of technology it's very similar nice and, and what about because when we when we talked about uh, airplanes it, mm -hmm. it's not just the plane right so you talked about the the trains moving between stations. Um, when we looked at the the airport model, the the action airport looks like a city, <laughs> right? And when we're when we're talking about passenger trains, they're maybe not as I don't want to offend anybody, maybe not as sophisticated as a uh, as a, an airport terminal. Maybe some are. I don't know. The Central Station in New York probably has a lot of things connected there. How, how does that play into the rail system as well. Um, what in from, because you said it's a data center that I'll use the word docks <laughs> into the, <laughs> into the station. Are, is, are they making connections there? Are they, are they yeah. kind of monitoring? Well, most of the passengers are in the area or checked in or what, what kind of information and systems are connected between those two things, the, the train itself yeah. and the station. Yeah, so it's it's it depends on uh, how you uh, from what angle you look at uh, this system, the rail system. If you look from the 
uh, operational point of view. So there is a um, handover between stations of the, uh, when controlling the trains in terms of the, uh, it's called movement authority, the speed of the train. So uh, at every moment, every um, station, or not necessarily station, but stations, but uh, every uh, few kilometers, there is uh, another entity that takes the responsibility on controlling the train. So this is from the operation point of view. But there are also other uh, things that are uh, being done there. For, so for example, there is the a passenger Wi-Fi that usually will get uh, the data from uh, from the cellular, um, the, the public cellular um, internet connection, uh, but not necessarily. Sometimes uh, it depends. Again, it depends. There are sometimes, you know, a lot of cases where uh, there are there is specific um, um, infrastructure for that for the, for the usage of the trains. Uh, there is a pre, um, uh, the maintenance of the trains. So we, when we think about trains, usually we think about being on the coach and uh, or, or we're being on uh, on the rail car. Uh, but practically, these these trains are moving uh, twenty four seven, and they need a lot of maintenance. So there are some channels to control the trains and to monitor them, to provide preventive maintenance, predictive maintenance through wireless communication. So this kind of information is going from the train to the station and, and uh, to, to monitor that. Uh, this, the video card, the CCTVs are being sent to the stations and, and a lot of other information is being transferred from and to the trains. I know some some passenger systems uh, they well, like in the, the trying to remember which one does which maybe some lines do different things but I think in Paris some doors open automatically otherwise you have to press a button in New York you have to lift the lever some of them open automatically yeah. is that controlled must be controlled by a system or is that a just purely mechanical thing yeah so it evolved over time uh, there are so for example line uh, one in Paris, it's uh, fully automated, so without the driver at all. And then the train should stop uh, uh, in the specific place where it should stop with sensors and so on. And then the doors should be opened um, automatically. Uh, so there is a communication between the train to the wayside, to the, to the station itself and of course to the control center all these things are automated and uh, are based on um, high-end technology uh, some of that is uh, you know we we don't speak as of now still about cybersecurity, but i believe that the audience understand that uh, the, the the more the technology uh, the the, the, the system is a sophisticated uh, attack vector, the attack surface is uh, is broader. Yeah, and I think just the more systems, the more sensors, the more data, the more complex, right? So I think mm -hmm. um, I think I have a decent view. I'm sure there's much, much more <laughs> involved. Mm -hmm. 
but I think I think we've made the point that there, there's a lot going yeah. on here, and uh, I think you've also made the point that more things are more things that may have been physical and manual have become digital and automated and uh, all of them connected together more. So maybe let, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the exposure. So just the pure complexity of it introduces the risk of error, right? The system, mm-hmm. system error in general, uh, human error, if they interject where they're not supposed to, or where they're supposed to be there and, and they don't do their role, uh, their part, right? Um, so maybe talk to me a little bit about the exposure and maybe some of the risks that, uh, come with that exposure on examples okay. of, um, yeah, maybe the San Francisco train or, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's one in Dublin as well that uh, had some issues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the attack surface is very broad. So we spoke about, uh, uh, Wi-Fi or wireless communication that, uh, is obvious, uh, you know, why, why to expose the, the system to attacks. Uh, you spoke about insider threat. Uh, let's talk about uh, the ones that are very specific for the rail industry. Uh, one of them is, uh, I mentioned before, that safety is the most important thing for rail. And one principle that uh, is very important in, in rail is fail-safe mechanism. The fail-safe mechanism is a mechanism that um, uh, that says that whenever something goes wrong, the train will stop. This is the default uh, uh, the default mode of a train is to stop, and which is safe. Uh, so if there is a process of communication between uh, an element in the infrastructure to the train or to the switch on the tracks, and one of the messages didn't uh, wasn't received well or something went wrong in the process the train will stop this kind of mechanism is is perfect for safety but uh, threat actors might use this uh, mechanism to actually to make a denial of service so the easiest way to do it is just to inject a command in this uh, system and then uh, the train will stop and if you do it every one hour every one day every day uh, uh, we can imagine what could happen in uh, in a city or in an uh, intercity environment uh, this 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 is uh, you know and without getting into too much details uh, this is one of the concerns of the industry the denial of service attack it could be also be um, integrated with ransomware attack where, you know, we don't, so the, the attackers won't uh, provide you or will stop your train or the, the customer, the, the, the trains until uh, they will pay X amount of money. So this is one thing. The second thing that is uh, very unique to the rail is the uh, complexity of the system and spread over uh, hundreds and thousands of kilometers. So uh, there are a lot of uh, a lot of places where uh, external so and, and and maybe the the third thing is that people are everywhere. You know, the, by default, people are on train are on the train. 
people are in the stations, people are, can be in every place over the tracks. So it's very accessible to people as opposed to other modes of transportation. And, uh, and they can uh, use this uh, proximity in order to uh, inject uh, not authorized uh, components. And, uh, and th this is in the, let's say, in the, in the worst case, but also since these systems are very broad and very uh, complex, there might be mistakes or misconfiguration of some systems where you know um, something was connected to something else. I'll give you a specific example that uh, we saw. Are you talking out in the field here? Yeah. Uh, at yeah. the actual rail, like between yeah. stations, yeah? Yeah. We, we, we saw a case where a computer for maintenance, you know, and, and I mentioned why maintenance is so important, uh, was left out, uh, connected to uh, the system. Uh, they just, uh, w one of the people that maintain it, they probably forgot that and stayed there for years. And this computer had the uh, connections, uh, wireless connection, Wi-Fi connection, and, and it could be a, a channel, um, an attack vector for uh, for attacking the whole system. And we should uh, remember that these systems are huge and it's not easy to, to find those uh, connected assets that weren't meant to be there. Um, so the, the fact that it's spread over large geographical area uh, um, expose it to, to this kind of threats. So a lot of things in my mind here. I'm, the first thing I'm thinking is uh, inventory control, uh, access control. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, so there's some basic cybersecurity. I know we talked about being specific um, and you probably need, do need to tailor some of these to the, to the systems um, because accessing a SCADA system is different from a Windows machine, obviously. Yeah. Um, are there, let's start talking about what, rail organizations can do. And I don't know what that landscape looks like. Is it just one big conglomerate that has everything or is it there's probably a supply chain of folks that operate different elements there as well, right? Yeah. So so as as in all other industries, also in this industry, there is no silver bullet. So the, you need to have uh, defense in depth in different layers to protect your system. And so on. But let's talk about the important thing, the important things to do. Um, the first thing that is very important, as you mentioned, is the inventory, asset inventory, to, to understand what you have in the system, but not what you have in the Excel files from uh, the 80s, well, the, when the system <laughs> was installed, <laughs> but what practically you have in the system. It's, it's very important. Uh, and uh, the, the best way to do it is by um, by looking at the communication and, and, and monitoring the communication uh, uh, in a holistic uh, way and looking for communication that weren't meant to be there. Um, so, so I think this this is the most important thing. And usually, when we speak with a a customer, this this is the the main gap to understand what you have because once you understand what you have in the system, you can manage uh, the threats. Um, 
and, and once you have this visibility, there are other layers on top of that that you probably want to implement. So let's talk about two, two main things. The first one is uh, uh, threat detection. So it's similar to uh, the IT world and the OT uh, environment. Also in RHEL, you want to understand what are the threats, but it's it's more no. important to understand what to do with this uh, with these threats because uh, in the rail industry the, there is a lack of talent uh, of cybersecurity. So uh, it's important to understand not to do in only in terms of cybersecurity but also in terms of operations. Uh, should I stop a tra the train? Should I go? physically to the place where the threat is and what should I do there? Should I uh, download the, the memory or whatever, whatever uh, needed to be done? So uh, this is the second thing. And uh, surprisingly, in, uh, we, we experienced that most of these systems are like, uh, I, I'm speaking about the OT networks, uh, usually flat systems. So everything can speak with everything. Uh, segmentation is a very important thing. So even if you have an attack on one uh, zone area, you don't want that it will be uh, spread over the last uh, the, the other zones. So segmenting the network is a very important uh, task. Which is not some uh, usually it's not obvious to implement because uh, you know uh, the system is already there and you cannot change it and so on. So the way to implement it is by implementing virtual segmentations or uh, a kind of uh, policy enforcement on zones and not uh, physical segmentation as should be in a real architecture of cybersecurity. So I'm wondering, are, are there things that exist that can prove beneficial because uh, clearly the, the the goals for rail are to move things and people between places safely right mm -hmm. and then on time uh, you don't want your meat spoiling or your milk spoiling and uh, so the, those goals exist um, but the threats that could impact those goals in the railway system as you're pointing out look very different there than they do within the traditional IT world. Are there models like the, I'll just say CIA or frameworks like the NIST, uh, CSF, mm -hmm. that can be applied through the lens of the rail objectives and more specifically the threats that can impact those objectives? And mm -hmm. so maybe talk a little bit about that. And, I'm, and, the other, and maybe as part of that, is, is there a rail ISAC? <laughs> Because <laughs> I know there are a number of sector ISACs that help share threat information and things like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So there is a kind of there, there is a framework. It's called TS fifty seven oh one. It's a technical specification that will become the, the global standard of IEC. I believe that next year, but it's it's now technical specification by, by Senelec. Uh, it is derived from it's based on a standard call 62443 which is common in the industrial uh, environment and the group that uh, developed this uh, standard the 5701 took the standard of 62443 and adapted it to the specific needs of the rail industry 
And practically, uh, we can see that the rail industry adapted this uh, standard and it's now part of the requirements of most of the uh, uh, rail customers uh, worldwide. Uh, so th this is the, the framework and it speaks about uh, uh, the way, uh, the, the, the best way or the framework, as you mentioned, to manage the risk uh, that is specifically related to, um, to the rail. And, and we mentioned some, uh, some example uh, before. Uh, with regards to, um, to Isaac, yes, there are some uh, Isaacs. So there is the ER Isaac, the European Isaac, uh, for sharing information between uh, rail companies and they share information between them about uh, threats. Uh, it can be improved, but uh, uh, but at least there is something that uh, you know started to work, and, and I'm sure that it's uh, it's in the process of becoming a very effective uh, mechanism to to share information and, and you know to work that, that the rail companies will work together against or to protect themselves against the threat actors. Uh, I think also in other places there are initiatives like that, but I think that Europe is the most uh, progressive uh, area in, in this term of uh, Isaac. Got it. Love it. Thanks for that. And uh, we'll, hopefully you can share links to some of those standards uh, that you mentioned sure. so we can mm -hmm. share that with, uh, with our audience. And as we wrap, Amir, maybe you, you talked about Europe being most progressive um, in that sense i'm wondering are there examples you can share Th things that come to mind are like the fast rail in japan or i know uh singapore is very sophisticated from a technology perspective are, are there examples where a particular region or type of rail system has actually gone because i know there's a lot of legacy stuff here that's now all of a sudden connected and being used in ways that maybe wasn't initially used for are there are there examples where system has leapfrogged and transformed the way it's designed, architected, built, managed, uh, where safety with cybersecurity built in exists? Or are we not there yet? Uh, so there are some security measures that were integrated over the years, uh, but we should uh, remember that um, even if you deploy today a rail system in whenever you uh, you deploy it, it's usually has been developed over the last 10 years and the architecture was defined 10 years ago. So uh, imagine, you know, we are now in 2022 and the architecture was uh, finalized uh, uh, in tw 2012 where, you know, the, there were some, the, back then there was an understanding about cybersecurity and what should be done, but it's not in the same level of understanding as of today. Um, so we can see security measures in those uh, systems, in, in the new systems. So for example, um, in, in, in deployments um, in urban environments and so on, but still there is a gap because the, the, the main concept may be, may be something that uh, it should be highlighted. Uh, the concept of operation uh, 
um, uh, or the trends in operations are meant to be there 30 years or maybe more than that. Uh, and uh, the testings and the, the development testing uh, uh, assurance and so on takes a lot of time to make sure that all these systems are stable and nothing will change over time. So uh, part of that is that uh, you don't change anything over time. As opposed to cybersecurity, where it's the opposite, it's dynamic, the threat landscape is external to the rail, so it's changing over time. And actually, the way to implement cybersecurity by design is to provide a layer that will allow you to, uh, uh, to manage the dynamic of the external world without changing the, the internal system, which should be working over time um, uh, for, for years. Uh, this, this is the model that is, being, that is being implemented now, but still it takes time to be integrated into the rail system. It's not, you know, not in the coming years. Right. Right. I'm wondering if there's a, a lesson there to be learned for IT environments. I don't know. Um, very, very dynamic, those environments. Uh, I don't know yeah. if, if making them more static is the right answer, but uh, interesting. I could talk to you for hours, Amir. I mean, uh, you've been very uh, insightful, very educational, at least for me. Hopefully, all of our listeners uh, picked up some good things here as well. Um, clearly, not everybody works in, in railway, but uh, a lot of this can, can be applied to other, other systems, certainly ICS and OT in general. Um, but I, I back to the very beginning, I, I like that there's a specific view of this for this sector and for these systems. Um, my, my, my view is that too abstract to, uh, to serving everybody with, uh, with solutions to this problem isn't going to directly tackle yeah, there, the problem. There is no, uh, yeah, there is no one uh, solution that fits all. Yeah. 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 So thank you, Amir, for this conversation and, uh, Perhaps you'll join us uh, again later as new developments occur, and hopefully we'll find a chance to meet in person sometime. And for everybody listening to this episode, there will be links in the in the show notes to uh, to connect with Amir if you like, and uh, some of the standards that he mentioned, and uh, any other resources he thinks uh, would be useful for for you to uh, tap into. So. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Amir, for uh, joining me here on Redefining Cybersecurity on ITSP Magazine. Thank you very much, Sean. It was uh, great being here, and thank you for the, all the great questions, and I, I really enjoyed this session. Thank you very yep. much. Yep, me too. My pleasure. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. HITRUST is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. 
Learn more at HighTrustAlliance.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.